And we are live. Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings. This is Luke of We Are Change.org. Here, of course, with Jason Burmis on Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern, November 18th, 2018, for, of course, our weekly live Sunday news broadcast, where we go over all the important news that happened from Monday till today that, of course, is usually kept away from you by the U.S. whore stream prostitute media and of course we are going to be live for about an hour to two hours maybe even longer we don't even know we're also going to be taking phone calls uh and we're going to be live on facebook on periscope the podcast of this episode will be available on itunes later but primarily we're going to be talking to all you amazing human beings on youtube where of course your super chats are going to be the priority since they uh you know jason keep us uh, fully free and independent unlike all the other bipartisan hacks out there who say that they're doing media, but really they're just doing propaganda. So yeah, Jason, how are you? I am well, Luke. How was your week? I know you've been a travel star. You were over at Polish Independence at the end of last week, spent some time with the family, but then you went, made your way over to the UK talking to George Galloway, ex-parliament member, radio host, television host. Uh, really been busy. Uh, what have we yeah. missed, Mr. Radowski? Yeah, I mean, I'm just exhausted. I literally just flew in from London uh england uh, and uh, it's what is it it's i think it's like one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning there right now so i'm a little jet lagged i'm a little out of it i'm a little tired uh it was uh what was it, a 10 hour flight with the connections and all that but regardless uh london's a crap hole it's a, it's a big prison there <laughs> i did not enjoy that place the weather's crap you go there everything's gray there's police officers walking around with big uh m16s not m16s but big machine guns uh a really divided place London's not my favorite place, to, to say the least, but a lot of good people, a lot of friends there. Uh, so it was good to go back for the few days and, and, of course, be here for the Sunday show, which was the primary reason to going back to my crap hole, which, of course, is Brooklyn, New York. So been very busy, been working, networking, uh, strategizing. As you guys see, uh, we're not hacks of the left or hacks on the right. There's people like George Galloway, who obviously are leaning more towards leftist ideologies and people like Ron Paul, who obviously are more conservative and lean more towards the right that we work with and, and, and cooperate with and do um, interviews with and collaborations with and strategize with. Because again, uh, the truth is not on either left or right. It's against the establishment. And really just the, the, the two big distinctions, uh, Jason, that I think should be made that are not being made in our political discourse are the people who believe in authoritarianism and then the people who believe in freedom. I, of course, like to minimize this argument into whether you believe in government or not. But that's not even the argument here, Jason. It's do you believe in more government or do you believe in less government? Uh, and, of course, uh, Jason, we have our little disagreements because you, you, I believe, uh, agree for less government. And uh, I myself believe in no government um, at all. Is that correct? Yeah, I don't believe in no government, Luke. I am a limited government guy. I'm a checks and balances guy. I'm a constitution Just a little guy. Bit, a little bit tyranny. A little bit of I, I don't. I'm not, uh, <laughs> not promoting tyranny. Some people are saying that your mic is still a little bit hot, Luke. It's not the volume, but maybe you can just lower it a little or, or maybe back off it a bit. Um, anyway. Okay, let me know. Let me know if this is better. Check mic. Well, let's also try to take a phone call, but uh, go ahead. Yeah. Is this better or is this worse? No, that, that is better, at least to me. But we'll see uh, We'll see in the okay, comments I'm, I'm section. In, I don't know which direction I'm even moving Right, right in. there is good. 
I'm not getting okay. like, like basically right. what was happening is you were just nickeling it. Someone said it sounded like you had nickels in your throat, and that was a good description. A little scratchy every once yeah, in a while. Chris Karabats says worse. Worse. He's one of our members. Yes, but, thank uh, you, Chris, by the way. Gonna, some people are saying better, but we're going to keep messing around with this thing. Uh, people are saying, good now. It's getting hotter. Stop twisting things. <laughs> better. No, not better. Okay, uh, interesting comments. section. We're going to get to you guys in a second, but, uh, but we're also going to be talking to you one-on-one through the power of the phone, which I'm really excited about. But uh, I caught you off, Jason. Go ahead. I was just saying that, look, Luke, I'm a realist. I'm a small government guy. I think you need some live PD in your life. I really do. I think what you see, well, yeah, we've talked about it before. I, I oh, yeah, I haven't seen that show. Yeah, I don't you need watch to the watch pro- it, dude. propaganda oh. programming. Maybe that's why my viewpoints are different than oh, yours. Yeah. Well, I've also lived live PD. I've never been on the program, but I've seen plenty of situations just like that one. And I know... In my heart of hearts, unfortunately, some people just do not have self-control. Some people are not responsible. And Yeah, they're called government officials, Jason. <laughs> I'm certainly not giving them a pass, Luke. But it wasn't a government official I watched this week drag his girlfriend down a hallway while he had a gun and officers pursued him while she screamed for her life and begged the officers to help her. I'm just saying... You know, no government officials there other than the police tried to save the woman being dragged down a hallway with an armed madman. You know, just my Most opinion. likely the bigger societal problems that have led to that situation were most likely caused by government. But that's a whole different <laughs> argument that I don't want to get into. But we could talk about that, a whole bunch of different stuff. People want to talk about uh, the creepy porn lawyer in the comment sections. We, of course, have a lot of stories to get into. But let's, Jason, uh, let's give out that phone number. Let's take out one, uh, let's take one phone call before we start getting into all the top news that happened this week. You got it. It is 607-542-9184. Now, I have a warning for you guys. We were testing this out for about a half an hour beforehand. And for some reason, Luke can hear when it rings. <laughs> but then as soon as I take the call... And I don't know whether this is software related. Up, oh, like we're oh, about we to. Go. We got a phone call. There we do. So let's I'm go gonna have to repeat and, uh, the whatever. question. I may, I may hear the question. I may not, but uh, we'll just go from there and uh, ad lib it. You are live with We Are Change. What would you like to talk about? Oh, I didn't believe this shit would happen, man. <laughs> what up, y'all? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm fine, thank you. I'm calling you from Denmark. Okay, from Denmark. Cool. Now, remember, Luke yeah. can't hear you, so whatever you're asking, let me know, and I'm going to put it out to both of us. So go ahead. What's your name, brother? Okay. Yeah, my name is Gasman. All right, Gasman, what would you like to talk about? Well, actually, me and my friend were just sitting there talking about the situation in Syria, for being honest. So we're talking Syria. Um, you know what? Has not been in the news recently. Obviously, we have uh, been covering it week after week after week. But the last real big news that we saw in Syria was ISIS taking over that last town, having 700 different hostages. And Putin said, uh, this is now three, maybe even four weeks ago, that they were executing 10 a day. European and American nationals there. Now, Anybody that's watching this program knows that this is an intelligence op. Timber Sycamore was the original CIA infiltration plan into Syria. It was never, ever, ever about defeating ISIS, Luke. And it was always, always about regime change and taking out Assad. 
Yeah, and bigger geopolitical. Yeah, that's bigger. Uh, there was actually also our own, you know, more favorable uh, petrodollar. Uh, but also the conspiracy theory, you know, what's happening in Syria will not end what is the end plan soon. All of this? Uh, and the bigger, further balkanization plans of divide and conquer and, and cutting that country up is still being pushed forward. And it looks like the end is nowhere in sight because the United States is still keeping its troops there. It's still investing into that country. It's still hoping for a regime change. And it's still there to back up their ally Israel to make sure that, of course, the Syrian Iranian forces don't get a foothold right on Israel's border, which Israel has been very aggressively fighting off by attacking Syria and the Syrian military while also aiding the rebels, which, of course, are radical Islamic terrorists as well. Uh, thank you for your question. By the way, Jason, I didn't hear of any bit of that question. So uh, I just wanted to take one one phone call. I like phone calls. I like the whole live interactive thing. Let's take more phone calls after we go after the news. Uh, we also got a super chat that I think is... Uh, that you know we should go over and this is by soul a and she says hello to both of you luke so glad you're back what would you like for christmas luke question mark jason what would you like for christmas let me think about this one um what would i like for christmas i don't know man i don't really think about Peace? that stuff the government i mean i'd like a, some realism a belief of uh, of uh, of uh, self-responsibility <laughs> well, my my fam is skipping town. Uh, the girls and my sister they're they're going to Virginia for uh, Thanksgiving, so I'll probably be spending that alone. I think I'm going to be bartending the night before that, and then I don't know about Christmas, dude. I, I mean, honestly, the last couple years with the girls here have been just awesome, because you know. But, but if you could give Santa Claus a request, what 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 would be? What would it be? What would you want? What would I want? I mean, d yeah. does it actually happen? I would love Whatever. to. You got Santa Claus sitting across from you. You're sitting, Jason. Imagine you're sitting on Santa's lap. Mm -hmm. Santa's like the real deal. <laughs> the real deal, Santa. Well, if I'm it's sitting on a grown Santa. man in a red outfit that's just above like, sixty, you know, lap. just like people who believe in Santa, also who also believe in the good faith of government. Those two things are correlated together. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, talk uh, to Santa, Jason. I would like a WikiLeaks type dump of all the information that any branch of the government has on 9-11. That would be a Christmas for me. That would be the most incredible present ever. Uh, or how about this? How about a president that released all the JFK documents? That'd be nice too. That'd be a nice little stocking stuffer. Both of those things would be great, Luke. That's what I'd yeah, like for Christmas. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm probably going to get some socks or some, like, weighted blankets or some other health stuff, but I would really want the, the truth to not be censored. I would really love the opportunity to be able to work in a free market of ideas and be able to have a news organization that is not suppressed because it goes over the interests of government. Uh, that's if I if I had one wish for Christmas, it would be to end all the censorship that's happening to independent media, uh, and that has severely hit us in so many different ways. Uh, but thank you so much, Soul A, for the super chat. Really appreciate that. We're going to take phone calls in a little bit. But now, Jason, let's go to the first story that we want to talk about. And that story, of course, is about... Let's play that video. WikiLeaks. And WikiLeaks. 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 That came out on WikiLeaks. 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 Boy, I love reading those WikiLeaks. 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 WikiLeaks, right? WikiLeaks. 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 And apparently Donald Trump loved the WikiLeaks. 
yeah, Trump's favorite whistleblower organization that he is now going after. And by the way, that video keeps going on for a lot longer as we are finding out that now there are secret indictments, which we have been telling you about against Julian Assange of WikiLeaks. Now, as we know, Donald Trump, when he was campaigning to be president of the United States, especially in 2016, was tweeting, was talking, was boasting about the great efforts of WikiLeaks allowing there to be transparency within our own government. Now, that tone has definitely changed 180 degrees and has become a very troubling one with even Eric Trump just two days ago being on Fox and Friends saying that, well, what's one death of a journalist have to do with us ruining our relationship with Saudi Arabia? Really showing you the testament, the kind of mentality that is coming from Trump's White House. Meanwhile, on the other hand, the legacy mainstream media is just being as asinine and as a total lack of principles have been making a big case about Jim Acosta this week, which, of course, is a CNN news reporter who is at the White House who is arguing that he has a First Amendment right to be at the White House. This is after, of course, he grabbed onto the microphone and decided not to relinquish it becoming more of a kind of activist entertainment, which the mainstream legacy media rallied behind. Meanwhile, we find out that Julian Assange, the man who revealed one of the biggest CIA leaks in history, the man who is banned from even having speech, banned from sunlight, banned from medical care and family, violation of human rights under two UN rulings, him no, 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 no. We're just going to report on what's happening to him and not fight for him like the mainstream media has been fighting for Jim Acosta, which shows you the direct parallels that need to be highlighted here about this very important story that is happening since the Washington Post this week confirmed that the Department of Justice has filed secret charges against Julian Assange. And we found out about this because of supposed accidental reveal by prosecutors from a copy and paste error. Now, this story and this aspect of this story is important to critically think about because this copy and paste error by this prosecutor was done twice with documents that are usually ironclad and have many people look over them. And to me, if you look at the bigger story here, this really wasn't an accident. This was done on purpose, and many people could speculate why, but it's clear to me that this was not just something that happened, uh, that the United States government, that this prosecutor, that the people behind this weren't aware of. It's, it's very unlikely that this is the scenario behind this bigger case, which, by the way, if you've been watching this YouTube channel months ago, we've been telling you that, yes, there are secret sealed indictments against Julian Assange. You could go back on our broadcast. You could go back on our Sunday live shows. You could go back every time we talked about Julian Assange. We always brought up the fact that there were secret indictments against them. And guess what? Now, Washington Post is reporting on it. Now it's very clear. And Julian Assange has already been detained for now over nearly six years and has been punished for releasing and publishing information. Uh, and there has been a lot of disinformation 
because of him being a publisher of documents that are critical of the power establishment. And even right now, we are seeing propaganda out there that along with this secret indictment, that there's some kind of correlation that Julian Assange was, quote, acting in the direction of Russia, which there's absolutely no evidence of. There's a lot of disinformation that happened around Julian Assange even years ago when everyone was calling him a rapist, even though those charges were completely dropped against him. And the disinformation campaign continues with, of course, the rallying to save the First Amendment for Jim Acosta being an activist entertainer, but totally disregarding the very important ramifications of this case with Julian Assange, who looks like he will be charged under the Espionage Act, which again could be used against anyone, including mainstream media reporters. And this is happening because Trump's Secretary of State, the former CIA director, Mike Pompeo, was the person who launched this investigation into Assange shortly after taking the job of, of course, Secretary of State, which Donald Trump appointed him to. And with former Attorney General Jeff Sessions, they were the ones who reconsidered the decisions by Barack Obama not to go after WikiLeaks and decided to aggressively probe Assange and his alleged ties to the Russian government. And if you really look at the situation, there's no hiding it that this is all squarely on Donald Trump, the big promoter and supporter of WikiLeaks when he was running to be president, and now the persecutor of them. And it's not only just the Trump administration's 180-degree a flip-flop on this issue going after WikiLeaks within the Trump's uh, within Trump's administration, but it's also the liberals, the Democrats, who are actually supporting Trump's administration trying to destroy WikiLeaks because, again, they're just hypocritical, non-virtuous people who are still mad at Julian Assange and WikiLeaks because of the documents that he released against the DNC exposing the corruption of, of course, the highest levels of the Democratic establishment, including Hillary Clinton. And this is why he is being put as a target for exposing the DNC establishment and also U.S. war crimes that were committed in Afghanistan, in Iraq, and also by the intelligence agency, the CIA. Now, the bigger question that we have to be left with here is what charges is he being charged with and of course that is still not known no one really knows what he's going to be charged for but ultimately if you look at the situation and you back up and you look at this uh from a bigger perspective ultimately what wikileaks and julian assange represents is a reporter is a publisher it's an organization that releases information that they were given ultimately being journalists, ultimately doing what major media companies used to do and publish documents and publish secrets that the government never wanted you to know. That's what journalism was. That's what Watergate was. That's what muckraking was. And if the White House, if Donald Trump and his administration is successful in bringing him down for publishing this will have large ramifications with, of course, other reporters, other mainstream media companies. And also, if you look at it, should also have something to do with going after Hillary Clinton for mishandling 
classified information since this is the overall trend that the United States government is trying to go after Julian Assange. So even Obama's Department of Justice concluded that persecuting Julian Assange is a grave threat for press freedom. Even the New York Times was able to admit that. One of the few organizations who are actually putting things together, putting a correlation to them, and saying the prosecution of Julian Assange would be a very, very bad precedent for publishers, since essentially what Julian Assange does and has been doing is what the New York Times did before, is what the Washington Post does before. You look at a lot of the news articles that are published, especially against Donald Trump, they're coming from inside sources. They're coming from people within the White House leaking information to the press. And that could be made criminal. So the only people really standing up for Julian Assange right now are a very, very few uh, Trump supporters, press freedom organizations, the New York Times, Pamela Anderson, who even just now accused the Australian prime minister of being smutty, saying that he <laughs> that he needs strength and conviction to actually take care of his fellow citizen, Julian Assange, and help bring him home, which, of course, he's not doing. Rand Paul has also made a stand in the ground calling for immunity for Julian Assange in exchange for testimony um, regarding uh, the works of WikiLeaks. And it's, it's pretty much clear that that is the common sense thing to do since any conviction has grave implications for the future of freedom of speech and the freedom of press. Of course, Julian Assange's lawyers are going to be fighting the charges very closely, and a lot of people are drawing a red line saying, if Trump does this, this is no way that I will ever support him in 2020, even a lot of uh, even you know a, a small but significant number of the people who supported him initially. But if you look at the story overall, it pretty much shows us how the empire is proving everything right about Julian Assange and WikiLeaks. And it's an absolutely terrifying discovery and notification to know that soon this man may be not just rotting an Ecuadorian embassy, but in a U.S. jail for doing the job that needs to be done to hold government accountable. And that's a scary ramification that everyone should care about. And not just the few media outlets, not just a few politicians, not just the few Trump supporters, but everyone, since the implications are far greater here than just those individuals who are fighting for Julian Assange right now. And that's why we are fighting for him as well. So yeah, Jason, that's my take on it. What's yours? I'd say it's pretty damn similar. Um, the hypocrisy of the mainstream media, Luke, trying to tell us all that this Khashoggi thing should should we should be not dealing with Saudi Arabia. And by the way, that Eric Trump thing was like days after. That was like last week. Someone must have just posted it uh, this week. But with the Khashoggi thing, Trump has now said he has audio of his death, but is not going to listen to it. But he doesn't believe the CIA either, who are now saying that not only was he murdered there, but it was the prince who ordered it. 
I've read some crazy, crazy speculation about that Khashoggi thing, um, where people are now saying that John Bolton may have said it was okay to kill him, uh, basically in a sparring match uh, between Israeli and United States interests in Saudi Arabia. And they do make up quite the triad in the Middle East as a military superpower. That's something that we're uncomfortable talking about. We could talk about Khashoggi. We could talk about Jim Acosta, who is the most ingenuous person I have ever seen and literally gives the flair of the WWE to the White House uh, press room. Now, Trump has said, this, I think this was just yesterday, that he is going to change the rules and not allow cameras to be put on the reporters as they ask questions so they can't grandstand for attention. I, I got mixed feelings about that, Luke. You know, freedom of speech is freedom of speech. I understand what a lot of these reporters are doing. Jim Acosta doesn't give a damn about anything but himself. He cares about his career. He, he cares about having more money, more notoriety. He's not doing these things because he cares about the American people. If he cared about the American people, he'd be going after the president for trying to indict Assange. And, you know, one last thing, Luke. I want to get your take on this. Don't you think it's very odd that WikiLeaks somehow gets this document that has nothing to do with Julian Assange, but everybody keeps calling this thing a copy-and-paste error, a copy-and-paste error in another document. Look, we know he's been indicted. We know that Trump is not going to do the right thing and basically give this guy asylum here in the United States and acquit of him any charges because they're all ludicrous. So what do you think? Do you think that this was kind of like done on purpose to ease the public into the idea that Trump is going to prosecute him? Because like you said, a lot of Trump supporters, this will be the last straw, Luke. Yeah, I mean, just if you look at the U.S. mainstream media and how they cooperate with government, whenever a government wants to make a major move, uh, that knows it's going to be controversial, they usually test out the water to see the reaction that they have. That's why before the Iraq war, before the Afghanistan war, before the U.S. intervention in Libya, before all these major conflicts, we have seen a ramping up of propaganda beforehand, testing the ideas, testing the waters. We see politicians do the same things with them, uh, testing if they should run for political office. So, So they're testing the waters with these kind of releases, there's no way that this was an accident. There's there, there's absolutely no way. This accident supposedly happened twice. These are documents that get vetted a number of times. Um, there's a number of scenarios that we could entertain here, but there's no factual evidence backing, which you guys need to know, because there's going to be other reporters who are going to be like, this is the truth, and this is the fact, 100%. No, no one knows, being honest with you. No one knows. We just know that it was done on purpose. We can only speculate to why that happened. We're trying to be honest here uh, as much as we can, and it's important to... Uh, admit when we don't know what, what why why this is happening. And I don't see, I don't know. Uh, we could speculate on a whole bunch of different stuff. Do you have some speculations, or, or what do you think of this whole thing? You know, it's very tough for me to say. Obviously, we have not heard a ton about the Mueller indictments over the last month, month and a half. Uh, really, when the Kavanaugh stuff started taking off, that went into the backdrop. We had Jerome Corsi take to his live show. It was either Sunday evening last week or Monday, talking about how he fully expects to be indicted. And this is a man 
um, that basically has run a website for the derivative of the internet. It's been around, I believe, since the late 90s, WorldNet Daily, always taken a conservative angle, although an alternative one. I don't agree with everything Corsi has to say or everything that Corsi has done, not even close, but me and you both know that he is not a millionaire or billionaire uh, business tycoon that has that type of corruption, and anything that they could indict him on would have been slipping him up over, I think he said he was interviewed six different times. So, to me, I, I well, really... Well, supposedly the interview went over for 40 minutes, and, the, and of course he thinks he's going to be indicted on charges of false statements, which means uh, saying something that wasn't true, and he says the FBI was looking into his emails and all this other stuff and held all these documents on him. But, uh, again, there's been other people who made similar statements saying, oh, I'm going to be indicted, never have been indicted. We'll see how this one's going to unfold, but it's definitely a very interesting one, and I'm, I'm waiting to get more information about this uh, since it's going to put a lot of this... Uh, together, whether it's just a random witch hunt or if there's actually something legitimate. And it, and again, the overall trend here, Russiagate investigation has been a witch hunt, which we have been calling out since its very inception uh, on this YouTube channel. Again, you got to understand here, we're fully independent. We're looking at all the sources here. We're not taking any sides, but we've been right with the Julian Assange thing, the secret uh, uh, indictment that we called out months ago. We've been right with the whole Russiagate stuff. Uh, but again, uh, we still have to see where everything's going to fall. Uh, but to me, it still looks like uh, it won't be anything major because, uh, again, we're not talking about direct Russian collusion. We're talking about false statements. You look at all the people that went down in the Mueller investigation, they went down for tax evasion, uh, misdoings with finances, and misstatements. Nothing about Russian collusion. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing to do with Russia, Luke. You're 100% correct. And my big question with this whole thing is we do know that Mueller has stated – oh, no. Is my audio out? Oh, there we go. Sorry, my, uh, my levels no, no, I hear you. Yeah, my, my levels weren't showing up on the mixer. Um, we, we went over the article last week, dozens of indictments that Mueller has sealed, right? Well, the question is how many of these indictments are even in the United States? How many of them are Assange-related? Um, there was a you know story we're not going to go over here, but I posted it over on Facebook – uh, showing who the main FBI informant was to take down Assange, Luke. And this was a kid that had been working with him out of high school. And within, I think, a few months of Assange working with this kid, the FBI approached him. And I think for two years, this was the FBI's uh, main source. Uh, you can go check that article out over at uh, our Facebook page. But one has to ask, Luke, with this being leaked... With the week before the Observer talking about Mueller having dozens of sealed indictments and the rest of the mainstream media picking that up, do those dozens of indictments include indictments of Assange? Since obviously no. you don't think yeah, so. I don't. I don't think so. Hmm. Possibly, uh, it 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 could be. I personally don't think so. I mean, according to the Times, these you know uh, sealed indictments against Assange were there mainly because of Mike Pompeo and Jeff Sessions. And uh, they, of course, are not a part of Robert Mueller's special counsel investigation. Uh, they're, of course, a part of Trump's administration and Trump's Department of Justice that is pushing this forward, not Mueller. Uh, so there may be even second charges by Mueller uh, against Assange, but I highly doubt it. Uh, so wait a minute, I just want to... extremely difficult to 
to make that correlation. But they could still do it anyway because they're just putting charges on, on uh, anyone for uh, whatever little thing that they get they could get them for. Well, you know, six months ago, it's got to be at least now, when they indicted those 12 members of the GRU, and we went over that indictment. Those people are never going to see trial either. You know what I'm saying? And to me, you know, I, I don't believe that this is just Trump. I think that the Obama administration also filed charges on him for revealing what was going on at Abu Ghraib and other things and just kept them under seal. So I think we may be seeing a mixture. Now, obviously, the Trump administration would have had the power to um, subvert those and get rid of those and say, no, we're not going to. And like I said, give him asylum, okay? They didn't do that. They're not doing that. So this is a combo pack. But for, for I think the biggest lesson to learn here right now is, Luke, Trump is establishment. He's not your friend. He's not about protecting real journalists. And the supposed real journalists in our country aren't about protecting real journalists either. They're about selling you bullshiz on Jim Acosta and Jamal Khashoggi. Yeah, there's a lot of bullshit around all of those things. And uh, it, you always have to question when the establishment becomes an activist for a specific cause, what is the true purpose of that specific cause? Uh, because usually establishment powerful people, especially in the mainstream media, uh, they don't do things for the righteous reasons. They do things because of influence, because of power, because of monetary incentives, which is, just, which is common sense, which is what they've always been doing, which is why they are who they are in the current position that they're in. Uh, so, again, interesting. Uh, we saw Obama, you know, also go after Chelsea Manning and then pardon Chelsea Manning right before he was going into office. There's a lot of wild cards here. We'll see how they unfold. But this is, to me, a testing of the water. Uh, specifically with how Trump and the White House and the deep state want to proceed with their final clamping down of Julian Assange and WikiLeaks. Uh, that's my take on it. Uh, we're going to be covering the story closely, so just stay tuned for more. Uh, looking at uh, some of the comments, let's answer some of the comments and some of the super chats before we get into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday story, Jason. Okay. Um, and uh, I got a couple questions here, just reading from some of our members. You could be a member, a part of our broadcast, and help finance us for about what is it, four ninety nine? We have a nose. We have a Luke emoji. Do we have a Jason Burmis emoji yet? <laughs> I have not put up the Jason Burmis emoji. All right, yeah, we'll come do it. Come on, put on the gosh darn Jason Burmis emoji. I'm seeing emojis with noses, with people saying Luke and a big nose. What a surprise there. That's some original critical thinking. That person must have uh, been top in their class. Uh, but um, let's get the Burmese uh, emoji. Okay. Uh, people are asking me, what am I drinking? Drinking water with lemon, uh, ginger, mint. What am I vaping? I'm vaping CBD. Uh, there's some personal questions for you there, Jason, if you want to go through some of them. Oh, we got another super chat here by Chris Primer who is saying, I was at the secret meeting between Paul Wolfowitz and Zinu. <laughs> <laughs> this has been in the works for years. Zinu's the South Park character, right? The evil um, South Zinu, Park Zinu, yeah, he is, he is in the intergalactic god of space travel. Oh, the travel. Scientology god. I, I believe Wait, he is, but those Hartman, are space aliens. Uh, summon Zinu in one of the South Park episodes and control Zinu to destroy hippies at Burning Man. 
I, I don't know that they did that, but I do remember Xenu in one of the episodes. That's why, uh, what's his name before he died? Isaac Hayes left the show because they did a full Scientology yeah, yeah. episode. Yeah, he was a Scientologist and he didn't like Scientology. And then they People killed Chef. how much THC is in my CBD thing? Nothing. No, no THC. I don't like C THC. It's just CBD. Sorry, go ahead, Jason. No, it's, you know, just talking about the ludicrous uh i mean thanks for the super chat man i don't happen to believe you because i think that xenu is fiction however who knows everything's possible uh there are certain could things be a, what if chris is a scientologist and what if the scientologists have it right all along what if they're right i don't know about that luke but i do know that uh i was up anything possible in this universe we could be living in a holographic virtual reality controlled by uh xenu and l ron harbert <laughs> Yeah, I don't buy into that. But I will, you know, I'm going to spin this into the genius of South Park and how timeless it is. Uh, you know, I was up late. You know, I was lying on my couch with my dog. I had Comedy Central on for some reason earlier this week. And an old, old episode comes on. And it's 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 the Chris Hansen episode. You remember Chris Hansen, right? Uh -huh. Oh, uh -huh. man. There were just so many. I mean, that, that episode's got to be 10, 15 years old right now. And it was still so sociopolitically spot on. And I know a lot of you guys watch it this season. I've been watching it too. Um, you know, those guys made an episode about 9-11 Truth where they made fun of the loose change guys, where we were clue goo guys. And, you know, we were basically gay brothers that were constantly getting boners over mysteries. They're funny. They're funny guys. They're politically relevant. And uh, I, I love me. Some South Park. I didn't see any questions for me in the chat, but I may have missed some of them. Uh, again, appreciate even the crazy Super Chats, guys. But if you want to get real and send a real Super Chat and talk about real issues, we'd like to do that too. Right, Luke? Or even be a member. You could be a member and get uh, emojis of uh, my nose and soon <laughs> Jason Burmis's, uh You should do it. We should do a, a, a grease uh, emoji as well. <laughs> and we got to have a Jason Burmis emoji. We, we stop doing that. All right. Um, It'll get uploaded. Dragging tomorrow. your feet on that. Yeah. For way too long. Well, it's because I'm not fond of seeing my face in the comment section. Same here. Same here. <laughs> Same here. I, I don't like seeing this mug and this nose everywhere. I don't. You know, it, it, it's 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 the commitment that we have um, towards our audience. Mm -hmm. Well. Because I have a commitment towards our audience, Luke, and I see that we've dropped about 50 people yeah. in the last five, six minutes of banter. Yeah, where is Jason's Macaulay emoji? Mende, she's like, yeah, where's Jason's emoji? <laughs> with, with my nose emoji. I wouldn't, you, you look fine in that emoji. Oh, yeah, I am a Draco reptilian. You got it, Q-Tard Psyop. I want to get into some real news because I want the viewership to grow. So, here's a story that you didn't see much in the mainstream media, Luke, that I think's you know, kind of important. This is Monday's well, again, story. Uh, you got you to preface this. This is Monday's story. Yes. Monday's uh, story. Loose change stole Eric Huffschmidt's thunder. No, it didn't. <laughs> no, it didn't. Eric Huffschmidt was a crazy person that I talked to on the phone personally that screamed at me nonsense for over an hour as I tried to have a rational conversation with the man. That was 13 years ago, and I haven't heard from him since. That's all I'm going to say. So back to the real news. <laughs> We're going to cover Monday's, um, all the week's stories uh, this week right now, covering Monday. So go ahead for Monday. So here it is, guys. Israel launches airstrike on Hamas television station in Gaza. Now, the funny thing to me, and by the way, there's nothing really funny about it, 
is that when I brought this up with some other people, they said, oh, wasn't that in response? First of all, they had knew nothing, Luke, about the fact that they bombed a television station. Now, are you going to tell me that everybody that was working in that TV station, from the editor like myself, or somebody that holds a camera, or even the news anchor, were terrorists? Is that what you're going to tell me? Because I'm not buying it. And when I brought up the fact that Gaza had again been bombed, and people had been slaughtered, and things are getting worse in that region... I was responded with, well, wasn't that response to a Hamas attack? I said, they bombed a television station. Okay? Now, th there is absolutely nothing you could tell me short of that that television station was ready to launch nuclear missiles <laughs> to make that justifiable. And I'm not buying it. I'm not believing in it. And you're not hearing about this in the mainstream media in the United States. And it really does bother me because... Israel is put on a pedestal in this country. They are our supposed number one ally in the Middle East, and we have given them carte blanche to do whatever they want. So attacks like this one go completely unnoticed, Luke. Yeah, yeah, you know, Kashagi, which most likely was an asset to an intelligence agency, we hear about him all day, every day, but a news station, a TV news station being airstriked, no, no, no one's talking about it. The only person I saw talking about it, this very specific issue, was, of course, George Galloway. And this is why I saw George Galloway talking about this. He wrote a big, complex article about this that was very important. And that's why I decided to DM him. I was supposed to do an interview with him about this specific topic, but then Brexit happened. But very few people talk about uh, Israel, talk about what's happening down in, in, in you know Gaza and Hamas and, and cover it correctly. Uh, because one, it, it's a very divisive topic. Uh, it's a it's a very hyperbolic topic, but it's a topic that a lot of people get censored for. Uh, we're not afraid of that, and that's why we're talking about this very important story that people need to be made aware of. Because if we care about Kashagi, we got to care about all the other journalists out there, right? Our moral convictions can't be aligned for more power like we are seeing demonstrated by the alt media, by any form of media, the mainstream media, the legacy media. A lot of times their reporting is centered around what can I share to push a certain agenda. We're not here to do that. This, is, this happened. This is an important aspect. This is what you need to see. This is what you need to understand. And this is why you're getting it here uh, because of your viewership and your support. Uh, anything else you want to say about this before moving on to Tuesday's story? No, just the fact that, you know, we have to keep in mind that this is really happening and that the Pal Palestinian people are completely oppressed. You know, Abby Martin tweeted out this week, and I, and I retweeted it, how there were celebrities that were raising funds for the Israeli military, uh, people like Pharrell, uh, I forget who some of the other celebrities were, but she she got it right. She's like, this is beyond disturbing and disgusting. These people have no idea what's really going on there. And if you want the goods on what is actually taking place on the Gaza Strip, I have not seen better reporting than from Abby Martin on the ground. You know, she's not biased. You know, she's certainly not anti-Semitic. She's somebody that saw something and could not believe it was occurring, so she reported on it. So if you haven't seen that stuff, people, I, I can't, I can't recommend it enough. All right, let's move on to the next one, Luke. 
I would say she's a little bit biased, but that's a different opinion. But we can move on. I to wouldn't another say in story. that. And listen, she's definitely left leaning, and I definitely have my disagreements with her. But I don't know that she's biased uh, in her Middle Eastern reporting. You know what I'm saying? You know, we we yeah, very yeah. very differently um, in our in our political views here. Uh, you know, I'm certainly not a climate change guy. Um, she's definitely a little bit more, quote unquote, I hate using the term, but liberal than I am. But, you know, socially, I'm a liberal guy. I, I am. I, I'm one of those guys that said, hey, do what you want to do as long as you're not hurting anybody. But as soon as and you hurt somebody. And the government controlling every aspect of your life, <laughs> overlooking you and telling you what you can and cannot do, keeping you supposedly safe, but really just controlling you in every aspect of your life. Is that what you I, mean, Jason? No, I was saying that, you know, every time I watch live PD, I think to myself, thank God there are police sometimes. <laughs> and that's not, hey, and that's not to say that there isn't police corruption. I don't think there's a bigger proponent of police reform, of prosecuting police for police brutality, and going after police for corruption than Jason Burmis. I don't think there's a bigger guy out there. I'm just, I, I know cops. I know people. And that is a very tough job. I don't know that anybody is actually, you know, fit for it, Luke. That's a lot of power to give a person. And I don't think anybody's going to do that job perfectly. And I just think that when we have those sorts of things, we need checks and balances. That's all. That's all, Luke. I'm not a pro-government guy. No checks and balances in the mafia. <laughs> Moving on to Tuesday's story. <laughs> this one's mafia. interesting. Isn't this a this good one? This one uh, definitely this hits all the taglines for all the... Keywords mm -hmm. for our demographic. Well, the, the crazy thing is this is out of the Express, and it's titled Angela Merkel Exposed, Bizarre New World Order Conspiracy Theory Revealed. And then right underneath here is that's about... A, that's a very convoluted title. Let's, it, let's break that down, Jason. I, I'm what, about I mean, to. What, what does this even mean? I don't even get it. So um, what we're looking at here is an article based in a Netflix series that I had no idea existed. And in fact, I think it was released uh, a couple years ago. This must be season two or season three that's coming what out. What is it called? What is a Netflix uh, series called? It's, it's the Top Ten Secrets and Mysteries, or yes, Top Ten Secrets and Mysteries. Is what oh, I hate those shows. I haven't like seen sci -fi it. They're like sci-fi shows. They're like, do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah, but, aliens. but you know what? Netflix has done a good job. They haven't been that way and i have you I, watched this show no i have not but i've watched okay. uh, yeah, we, we gotta watch it let's watch it and give it a review maybe I, do it a review video i i totally agree i'm not sure this one is actually out yet but i can tell you this luke and you know let's play it um the 30 second tag that from the show was very professionally well done it's not spooky music it's it's actually extremely well done so we're gonna go to it let's let's play a little clip Microsoft founder Bill Gates and the former British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher. In 1973, the German politician Helmut Schmidt was invited to the Bilderberg Conference. A year later, he became the Chancellor of Germany. The decision has been taken right now. We uh, think it's a wise one. And I'm going to just pause it there because I don't want us to get a copyright. Uh, you know, you you got you got to be well, really it's careful. A trailer, we could show trailers. That's true, but I'm not. I think that's just an excerpt. I don't know that that's actually a trailer. Um, but essentially, they bring up Helmut Schmidt. They bring up Merkel. This is just a Bilderberg episode. Okay, so to me, this is definitely worth looking at. This isn't ghosts. This isn't aliens. If you look at, um, for instance, you know, obviously Netflix has put loose change on their uh, on their uh, 
their cue list, but I, I'm telling you, I've seen some really amazing stuff. For instance, Luke, let me say let me say this. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna endorse Amazon for a moment here. Believe it or not. Ah, how dare you, you I, son of a gun, you statist sob. Okay, so Amazon has another platform out there beyond television called Amazon Prime. All right, it put out a movie this year called You Were Never Really Here with a guy named Joaquin Phoenix. Obviously, everybody knows who Joaquin Phoenix is. One of my good friends, uh, fraternity brother, a guy I lived with, is actually the assistant director on this film. He tells me, uh, last summer, Luke, when I'm at a uh, wedding for another one of our fraternity brothers, that the film is about a vigilante who uses a ball-peen hammer to uh, break up an elite pedophile ring run by government officials. <laughs> this was... Did uh, you watch it? Oh, I, well, that's why we're getting into it. So I did watch it. What is it. it called? It's called You Were Never Really Here. And this is that the show name? It, it's not a show. It's a movie. It's a full-length I'm gonna film. I'm going to it so I don't give any money to Amazon. Um, why am I bringing up Amazon? Amazon Productions Amazon made Prime. this. No, not because it was on Prime. They produced you the movie. You Were Never Really Here? Is that the name of yeah, it? Yeah, it's incredible. You know what? I'll get you a link because I do have it. Um, after what, First of all, it's gorgeous. Um, second Who of all... It's extremely relevant, extremely relevant, and it's not something that I, I think you could even get away with on HBO. Yes, HBO will probably end up airing it, but this, you know, HBO has done great movies in the past. You know, for instance, they did Casino Jack on Jack Abramoff. A lot of people forgot about Jack Abramoff, um, the filthy lobbyist that was connected to all sorts of bad things, uh, including 9-11, by the way, Muhammad Atta. There's, a, there, there's some evidence of that. He walks free today. They've done those type of things. I don't think a major production house could have done a film like this. Just like I don't think a major production house. Sure, True TV had conspiracy theory with Jesse Ventura. But like you said, you know, they tried to get me to go on that show after Ventura left and his son was doing it. They tried to get me to go on the 2012 show. And I just refused to say what they wanted me to say. <laughs> They're like, well, well, tell us how the world's going to end. I'm like, the world isn't going to end. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I remember being asked uh, for, I think, that show or a similar show, and I was like, nah, nah, I'm okay. But this show that you're mentioning, uh, You Were Never uh, Really With Us, is that the name of it? The, the movie I'm mentioning is called You're Never, you Were Never Really Here, Joaquin Phoenix. And you Were Never Really Here. Uh, is that a fiction or is that like a documentary? Not only is it uh, a fictional film, uh, you know, I don't want to give too much inside baseball here because, you know, me and Tom have had, I've tried to get him on, but... Like, apparently there's some, some bad blood out there between him and the actual director who was a woman. But, uh, dude. A woman? Yeah, well, that's why this film even got a little... Dude, the thing has like 80 plus percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It, it got amazing reviews. In fact, one of the reviews by The Atlantic that was starting to praise it started talking about how it got into too much, quote-unquote, Pizzagate territory. And that's hmm. where it lost its way. So talking to Tom, and again, Tom is somebody I knew, I was living with when I, when I started working on Loose Change. You know, he was one of my roommates. So he knew about the Franklin scandal. And he literally, um, while the movie, while he got the first revision of this script, and uh, before they cast it, they shot it, they were sending, he showed me some of the emails, he sent her the Franklin scandal. <laughs> so they were reading about John DeCamp's account of elite pedophilia then, and this movie, I'm just telling, listen, audience out there, I, I, I've yet to do a full review on that, but I've definitely thought about it, and if you have not seen it, 
I, I can't tell you how important it is. It's there's some rough moments in it, but it's it's visually stunning. The story is great. The acting is great, and uh, you won't believe they put the story to film. Send me a link to that. Uh, definitely look forward to seeing it. Maybe we could even do a review of that. Uh, we definitely got to do more reviews. I think that's a bigger aspect that we should concentrate on. Uh, the next story you chose was, was surprising to me and something I never heard about as well. Uh, and it's about the Jonestown uh, massacre that happened. Yeah, let's read the headline because, you know, earlier. Yeah, this is Wednesday's story. Yes, this is Wednesday's story. Jonestown survivors reflect 40 years later on the mass suicide and murders that killed the, on, uh, the only the life they ever knew. The only, oh, they, oh, the only life they ever knew. Oh, no, they, that, there is a typo there. That's why I'm reading it weird. So, earlier in the week, I saw a story about this where they talked about mass murders. Now, way back in the day, uh, on my tail end of InfoWars, one of the reasons I left there was I wanted to do another documentary, and Jones just was not interested in doing it. And I wanted to do a, a, a documentary called Under Control, with a K, all about mind control. And one of the main focuses of that film was going to be, Luke, guess what? Jonestown. Because the evidence is clear. This story right here, the survivor that is reflecting, one of them, Luke, is a congresswoman. A congresswoman that at the time was with a senator who was shot to death there, with 20 other survivors who were shot to death there. They were about to leave. The vast majority, folks, even though you've heard, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid, which means that you're not buying into the lie, I'm not under mind control. It's all based on a bunch of people drinking Kool-Aid and dying at Jonestown. Well, I got news for you. Barely anybody drank the Kool-Aid. The vast majority of the 900 people who were killed were gunned down by guerrilla mercenaries that were working there. And this has all the earmarks, all of them, of a central intelligence agency mind control operation. That's what Jonestown is. I am telling you the truth. Look into it yourself. Look into what the coroner had to say days after. I dug up a lot of uh, video archives off of Vanderbilt. She said, these people were gunned down. They have bullet holes in them. If you've noticed, uh, you know, and I don't want to show, you know, God forbid this gets pulled, but we're going to just scroll up. Most people that you see there are on their backs, or, or I'm sorry, on their bellies. That's because the gun, the gunshot wounds are on their chest. They rolled those people over before they let the media come in. And what you're seeing there, you know, maybe that's like 35, 45, maybe 60 people. Hundreds of people died there. 300 children were killed there. And this is a story that still has not been told. And this is a story that people need to realize. Because the only reason that these people were gunned down was that when that senator landed that in that helicopter, he was there for his constituents. His constituents had come to him and said, my family member went to this commune two years ago and I don't know what's going on. But they used to communicate with me and they no longer do. Can you please check on them? So many people went to this man. He went to go check on it. As soon as they got wind he was checking on it, they shot him to death. That's the reality. I encourage people to look into Jonestown. And, uh, Luke, this is just a really sad, sad story in our history. Yeah, I mean, when we look at this story, I mean, I just thought everyone um, committed mass suicide because of the Kool-Aid. Um, but um, a lot of questions raised here. And uh, very good for uh, you to bring this up because I had actually no awareness of this. At and, all. And you know what? I want to show people the tub of the Kool-Aid right there. 
there it is. You know, I mean, that doesn't look much like Kool-Aid, folks, if you, if you look at it. Uh, it looks kind of scary. And again, some people did drink it. There's actually, I know this is hard to believe, but you can listen to some of the audio of these people refusing to take it. And they're not that far gone. And then you hear the bullet fire in the background. Um, this has been largely hidden from the public. And, it, it, you know, it's just, it's time. It's time to face that demon. Because if we can cover something like this up for 50 years, then we're going to cover something like 9-11 up for 100 years plus, maybe forever. We may never get the truth about JFK. I refuse to accept that reality. I want to know the truth. Um, because lies don't help anybody. Lies don't help anybody. And they certainly don't help us progressing as a people. And unfortunately, tragedies like this one must be revealed so that we can move forward as a society and say never again. And of course they are now repeated and happen again. And the actions of the CIA and their mind control stuff, when you really start looking into it, are just absolutely terrifying to see how far uh, they have gone, not only in their studies, but into the real life effects. There's another uh, Netflix kind of special out there that talks about uh, the government, uh, the CIA testing LSD uh, and it's called uh, Warmwood. If you haven't seen Warmwood, I definitely recommend watching that documentary on Netflix. Uh, it exposes just some of the sinister, utter, total uh, propaganda and lies that the CIA, with the U.S. government, all the way to the t highest branch of the U.S. presidency, just lied when it came to dosing people with LSD, testing, of course, their mind control uh, that they were trying to achieve. Um, and they have achieved with Scullopine and Columbia and all these other things, and that's a whole other issue and a whole other story to get into that we could talk about for hours. But let's move on to, what is this, Thursday's story about Fort Trump yep. in Poland? Yep, before we get there, I do want to say, just because you were talking about Netflix and we were talking about Amazon before, what I'm holding in front of me right here, guys, is uh, The Minds of Men by Truthstream Media. And this is available, I think, for $4.99 on Amazon to rent. Uh, great three-hour and 42-minute documentary on mind control. A lot of the stuff um, that I just discussed, um, some of the same doctors were involved in Jonestown that you're going to find out in, about in this. So please, please check this out. I can't recommend it enough. Is this Truthstream's yes. stuff? Yes. Yeah, this is Truthstream's film and like I said, Amazon, I think it's $4.99 for the digital stream. They have or, it on Amazon? I'm surprised they have it on Amazon. They have all Truthstream stuff on Amazon, believe it or not. They've been posting uh, a lot of the stuff that you see on YouTube over on Amazon as well. Uh, I think for the last year and a half, two years actually. So again, I, I may not like Jeff Bezos. I may not like the fact that H2Q is coming to New York. Uh, I may not like a lot of things about that platform. I do like the fact that they're allowing Aaron Dykes, Melissa Melton to have their voice to put out that. For platform. now. For now. You're right. Hey, for now. Hey, I'm not, they listen. Roosh and they're going to ban a lot more people. I don't disagree. I think what they've done to Roosh is, is wrong, and I think what they've done to other people is wrong as well. But is a Fort Trump the wrong move, Luke, for this Poland? This is Thursday's story, right? Thursday's Thursday? story right here. And Mad Dog Mattis and Polish leaders are talking about the possibility of Fort Trump inside of Poland, a permanent uh, military base that's going to cost upwards of $2 billion. To me, you know, obviously I, I chose this story to poke fun at Luke a little bit, being a, being a Polish man, being in Poland, and now there may be an actual Fort Trump. We don't even have a Fort Trump in the United States, thank the good Lord. 
but also to show that the United States has permanent military bases all over the world, whether you're our ally or not. You know, when you're not our ally, we just have a permanent military base on your border. Uh, look what we've done with uh, North and South Korea, for instance. South Korea, well, it's a ludicrous number, a ludicrous number of soldiers there. What's your take, Luke? Do you want to see a U.S. base in Poland? No, because it's going to raise more tensions between NATO, the United States, and, of course, Russia. And already, historically, if you look at that region, Poland has been the main buffer zone that has been uh, the playground of a lot of the world bigger geopolitical conflicts. And Poland, uh, strategically, geographically, is in a very weak position. On one side, we have Germany. On the other side, we have Russia with no barriers between the countries, no uh, natural kind of boundaries that prevent a full-on invasion, which have been happening all throughout uh, recorded human history, even to the point where Poland didn't exist because it was occupied for 123 years by the Roman, uh, not the Roman, sorry, by the Russian, German, and Austrian Empire. So the Polish people, historically, because of the bad blood, Polish people in general really, really do not like the Russians really, really do not like the Germans. And uh, they see the United States as this kind of safe haven. But again, uh, if we look at NATO, if we look at uh, history, the United States, France, and England have screwed over Poland during World War II. Um, they're using it as a kind of buffer zone. And uh, this Fort Trump is, is, to me, really bad news. Already, there's a lot of issues that do need to be dealt with in Polish society and investing in military for a conflict that is not going to be good uh, for uh, the country, which the United States will be using as a buffer zone. It's not in the best, best interest of the Polish people. And if you look at the next kind of geopolitical strategic outlook of what's going to be happening uh, geopolitically within the next kind of hundred years it's going to be the kind of century where um the u.s hegemony the u.s dominance is going to be threatened and tested by russia and china this is uh that continuing and um, it's only going to lead towards maybe even a more devastating situation where there's a proxy war like in syria but in poland and all of that is very possible uh since a lot of the experts and even from my own analysis then this next century, it's going to be a century of the questioning of U.S. dominance and the testing of it by, of course, Russia and China. Well, so uh, it's not going to be good. Well, I'm glad you said that because that works right into the next story, Friday's story. U.S. could lose a war to Russia and China report war. Hold on. I, I want to I address this report before we get going into this because I think this may be uh, a big, bigger propaganda effort to mobilize more military spending and more um, more budgets for the defense industry. Uh, I don't know if this is this is possible. Maybe if Russia and China come together, there would be still some kind of challenge. But again, the United States dominates the world and China and Russia uh, with its military spending. Even the combination of Russia and China's military does not amount 
to what the United States currently has and what the United States is currently spending. So I would even call a disinformation warning to this entire article myself. Boom! And that's exactly what I was going to say. In fact, when I posted this on my personal page, that was the first thing I said is, oh, we should just give them all of our money and do whatever they say. Because that's what this is leaning towards. Now, this is an ex-Bush official that's talking about this. I do want to say this, Luke. There is a small, tiny bit of truth about this, that we are not as dominant as we once were. And if we were to get to... Compared to what time? Well, I would say that even 30 years ago, we were much more militarily dominant than we are um, now against China or Russia. In the Uh, 80s? Yeah, man. In China really didn't have much of a military in the 80s. It wasn't, it wasn't as big. Yeah, they, they had tanks in the streets, but they certainly didn't have uh, the naval force they do. You know, they have a, a large, large naval force. Now, again, I think like you do, this is mostly propaganda to say, hey, we need the military budget that's like nine times larger than the next uh, greatest military budget out there, Russia. At the same time, this is the one uh, sampling of the article I will agree with. I don't think that we would be able to um, not sustain large, large losses of life in a conflict with these two nations. And that's that's basically it. I, I don't think we lose to either one of these nations uh, I, I, at all. But but, but if, what's going to happen, I think, is the more likely scenario is not a bigger war, but more proxy wars with smaller com- uh, smaller countries like Taiwan, uh, like Poland, like Syria, like Iran. Those are more possible as the hegemony is threatened by Russia and China. That is, to me, the bigger, more likelihood of, uh, of a scenario. I, I agree. I agree. And uh, again, I think that this is more propaganda to try to get us to open up our pockets to agree with military spending. Again, we don't have money for education. We don't have money for health care, Luke. We don't have money for the people, but we got... We shouldn't have any of that money because government shouldn't be spending any of our money and stealing it and extorting it from the people to give it to somebody else because the government is a bunch of bureaucratic criminals and that is what it's called a gangster mafia taking, of course, a cut from your money. Protection racket. I don't want a protection racket. Stop stealing any of my money. Sorry, Jason, I had to. Uh, my point is <laughs> that there is never a question of a military budget. When Trump went and signed that John McCain uh, Defense Authorization Act of $450 plus billion, nobody blinked an eye. Nobody thought twice. Nobody said, well, that's a little, that's a little outrageous. Maybe we should spend maybe $100 billion less. Nobody, not, not once, not anything. So again, and this is why we need to shut down the government, Jason. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, yeah, because as soon as we shut down the government, get rid of our military. I'm sure no one would invade. I'm sure nobody would take over and make. Who us... would invade? Who would invade the United States with how many gun owners we have in the United States? You're Who right. Smart bombs don't work. Oh, you're... <laughs> like, like, come on, man. <laughs> Look what's happening in in freaking uh, Vietnam. It, it was impossible for the U.S. Empire, for the French Empire, to take down, uh, you know, communities of people of armed civilians. The United States has more arms than people in this country, and uh, if any country would would invade it, they would have a very very miserable try- time trying to enforce any kind of structure. Um, on on the people here. I would disagree. I would think that UAVs, unmanned aerial vehicles, drones would take care of a lot of those problems, especially if we didn't have a government to defend us. 
<laughs> like well, it, like a lot of a lot of advanced weaponry couldn't handle what was happening in Vietnam uh, because of all the people uh, being organized and being armed. Um, it could have advanced weaponry, but again, it's going to be it, it would be extremely detrimental. Uh, and it would be it would lead to just massive destruction that would lead to casualties on both sides and wouldn't be worthwhile uh, because whatever uh, foreign invader would be able to gain, they would lose just as much significantly, but it would be a destruction of uh, the overall kind of territory. It wouldn't be worth it for any country to invade the United States, even if they didn't have a government. Well, I can't disagree more. I feel like there, unfortunately, um, are a lot of military powers out there that would look at us as a crown jewel if we were exposed. Mexico? (laughs) I mean, dude, if we didn't have a government of any kind. What's going to happen? Mexico? I don't know what you're thinking. If you think that 300 million people... Who's going to come over and like, like, hey, you guys are living free. Now it's time to subjugate you with more government. (laughs) Who would do it? England? England's going to come over with their ships again? England already... First of all, England England has enough power over this government, enough say in this government, they were never allowed to be overthrown. My point is that I... Show me a nation state that doesn't have a government. That show Chiron, me a Chiron, Mexico. It's not a nation 30, state, Luke. people. It's not a nation state. It's not 30, a nation 000. state. That's great, dude. I live in a little college town. When the colleges are in town, there's about 10, 15,000 of us. Most places don't have any government, Jason. If you look around, especially in in uh, a lot of the places in the world, government is not involved in every aspect of people's life, and a lot of people are living anarchy uh, because government is just uh, simply either incompetent or doesn't care, or doesn't want to do something, or or is paid to do something and then doesn't do it. Uh, you look at a lot of places, uh, whether it's places in Mexico, places um, in like Thailand or the Philippines, people are living uh, on their own. Um, so again, America. As we got another comment here by uh, Macaulay Meaty, who's saying America was largely under anarchy during the Western expansion. Jason, it was finally face. You know, it was, and that's when me and Luke had the conversation about the origins of government in this country and electing a sheriff in those towns and the sheriff was there to protect the people a local sheriff is okay like i don't oh, think oh is that okay the, that's kind of government though. militias <laughs> protecting themselves and choosing to not have a master uh like people could protect themselves uh but uh, when you start extorting people for money when you start saying i'm gonna put a gun to your head if you don't pay my extortion racket I'm either going to kill you or throw you in a cage. That, that to me, has some very complicated moral implications that a lot of people need to realize. And as soon as they realize it, we could be one step closer towards living towards more freedom, more self-responsibility, more sovereignty, and a better way of life. Well, I just want to point out that uh, Michelle Maid, or Mead, um, our member out there, said, and then the sheriff caused problems. He's right. They did. They got, they got corrupt. Uh, absolutely not all of them but many of them and then you had the rise of gangs actually at the time other than gangs they were called posses but there were posses before that look man i thought they were called governments oh yeah i know the bottom line is all of these institutions are run by human beings people okay and we are not that's why they're imperfect and that's why they shouldn't be run by human beings they should be run by sovereign individuals living their own life without anyone coming in there saying i am god i will rule over you and tell you what to do so we get the Saturday story. 
<laughs> okay, let's go over Saturday and Sunday. Road because trip. you know what? You might actually like this one. Now, I don't like everything that this guy's got to say, uh, but this is the uh, this is a new elected official down in Alabama. Let's some phone calls. So just go over this really quickly. I'll be right back. I just got to use the restroom. Okay, you got it. So, guys, here we go. I want to read some of this. Veteran Alabama law enforcement officer Mark uh, Pettyway grew up in a black neighborhood called Dynamite Hill because of the Ku Klux Klan bombed so many houses there in the 1950s and 60s. Now, after becoming the first black person elected sheriff in Birmingham, he's got some new ideas, folks, and I really love it. Okay, I, I absolutely love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. He wants to decriminalize marijuana. Love it. He wants police officers to talk to people more. Love it. Uh, there was like one small thing that I wasn't in love with. Here it is right here. The, the, um, let me just read this segment. Uh, he doesn't want to arm people in schools. I would say that that's up to the school. In a state where conservative politicians typically preach about getting tough on crime, Jefferson County's new sheriff ran and won on alternative message. He favors decriminalizing marijuana, opposing arming school employees, that's where we would disagree, supports additional jailhouse education programs to reduce recidivism, and plans for deputies to go out and talk to people, talk to people more often. If he really wanted to make a difference, he would just quit his job and make sure no one else had that position ever again. Yeah. Uh, he should just quit his job as the sheriff, huh? <laughs> as the elected sheriff that we just talked about? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we can't have a sheriff I'm now? I'm late. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, officer. Officer. Yeah. Court official. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> Bad word. Bad but word. again, um, you know, the proof will be in the pudding, but this is the kind of thing I like. Um, you know, decriminalizing marijuana, programs for people in jail so maybe they don't come back talking to people rather than just patrolling the streets one of the things i don't that... want to talk to no cops i don't want a cop talking to me ever no like hey what do you want so you're in line business. hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I got a fifth amendment what, don't talk to me okay. why are you bothering me is there ever a point in time where you get pulled over jason Burmis, that you look back and you see the lights and you see an officer coming to talk to you that you're like oh man this is gonna be great this yeah. is gonna be awesome it's when i yeah, know the nice chief of police a nice little police officer as he's pulling me over. No, it's usually, ah, oh, crap. What the hell does he want now? He's going to think of something and, and try to give me a ticket. And uh, another road pirate stopping me, trying to extort my wealth to promote the state. I don't even know how to, to answer that. Obviously, I don't like getting pulled over, and I don't like getting tickets. However, uh, I have been pulled over on several occasions where an officer gets out of his car and starts to walk up, and then I personally know them. And they tell me to unroll the window, and I say, Hey, Jeff, or Hi, Doug. <laughs> and they go, Oh, you're not a sir. Hey, man, you ran through that little that stop sign without uh, actually stopping. Uh, maybe not do it so much anymore, and then they let me go. Okay. That's called corruption, Jason. Oh, I, don't, tell you, I don't have that. Let me tell you another little that, story. I don't have that privilege let at all. Let me tell you another little story. This one's a, we're, we're this is a, a cross country loose change story for the people. Um, we were just trying to work out getting that film into theaters and produced by a Hollywood company, Luke. We were in a little place called Oklahoma, doing about ninety five on an eighty mile an hour highway. We get pulled over. This may be a surprise to some of you. 
but they smelt the uh, odor of marijuana in the vehicle. You? No. No. I know. It's crazy stuff. Oh, okay. Now, you got to understand, we're in an SUV that we rented driving across the country completely packed up. I mean, packed. Packed up. I was the one driving. Um, <clears throat> so afterward, they asked me, hey, do you, do, you have, uh, do you have marijuana in the car? And I was like, yeah, obviously. Like, of uh, course you would say yes. I, yeah. Well, listen, I've, I've been down, I've been down the road. Okay. So if I could continue my story about a guy I never met before who pulled me over when I was committing a crime, which I was. I don't love the speed laws. I don't love the marijuana laws. Whatever. I was guilty. Okay. They searched the vehicle. I had told them uh, where the marijuana was. They put uh, Corey and Dylan on the side of the road, started, pulled a second car out there, started taking our stuff out. We had brand new cell phones that we just got. And this is the day of the flip phone. It was like better than a razor. They were pretty suspicious about that. I had given one of the officers a copy of the film, told them why we were going out there. They're looking at this thing. They're like, oh my God. So then we're in, uh, they're there. I'm in the front seat of the car with the officer. And it's at that point while I'm sitting there talking to this guy that I realize I've got more pot in my pocket. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I forget what we were talking about. And I wonder why. I, I forget what we were talking about. But I go to the guy, I look at him, and I say, Officer, I just realized I got a little bit more marijuana in my pocket. And he's like, pull it out for me. I do. Uh-huh. Now, we we didn't get patted down at that point, anything like that. Believe me, I've been in situations where I've been pulled off the street and patted down for nothing, and I don't like that. Okay? I think there are limitations. I was straight up with this guy. He gave me a $0 citation. He basically gave me a citation that none of us, we had to pay nothing. We didn't go to jail. It was that he had pulled us over and that it was a, a speed. He could have got me on speeding. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Could have got me on speeding. Absolutely. Absolutely. Could have got me on speeding and he spared me the ticket. So listen, I've had a lot of negative um, instances with law enforcement. I've had a lot of positive ones too. And I think it's uh, by the individual. I know that's not something you want to hear. You want to paint it all with one brush. But I can't do that. I'm sorry, Luke. White privilege. That's all I have to say, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, most people, Luke, don't even think I'm a white guy. I, they, they don't. They, they're like, at all. They all think I'm like, I don't know, Latin American or Spanish. Do you have this Espanol? I don't. That's what I say. I would, I would, I would have this Espanol, and I would uh, take advantage of that situation if I was you. <sighs> All right, so <laughs> <laughs> let's get to Sunday's story. All right, you white privileged chauvinist uh, show off of, of being able to get away with uh, your violations of the laws that you so much care about. Uh, last story also is kind of related to this. Yeah, exactly. It's perfect. You know, we didn't plan this, by the way, folks. But uh, this one actually wasn't from this week. I just came across it this week, and I was like, is this true? And I found out, hey, this is true. 
Uh, and I think this is technology empowering humanity because you don't know who that officer is that's pulling you over. And, you know, I'm not an iPhone guy. I know you are, Luke. You love those Apple products. Can't get enough Tim. Well, they, I, I don't like Apple. They're a horrible corporation that has suicide uh, nets, had no suicide nets. Now everything they're doing is robotic, but that's a whole other problem in itself. Uh, and uh, the only reason I, you know, use iPhones is because of the video quality. The video quality is a lot better with their color codecs on there. But they're, they're, they're just becoming too... There's no way of, 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 like, escaping this this kind of corporate dominance that they have, which, by the way, Jason, happened because of government. Uh, Apple wouldn't be as prominent as they are if it wasn't for government. Continuing on, sorry. Yeah, you might be right about that one, but it wasn't government that bailed them out. It was actually another private corporation, Microsoft. Well, it's but not we bailing them out. It's, it's the government that put them in this position with the tax incentives and all the other money that they threw at them and all the projects that they worked with them, especially with Google Maps, to make them as powerful and as the dominant kind of uh, corporate force that they are now that is essentially a monopoly. Maybe today, but again, uh, back in the dizzle, in, in the late 90s, when Apple was going under, they would not have survived without Microsoft and Bill Gates. That's a, that's a fact. Uh, they plugged that money in there. And, I, and by the way, I'm not disagreeing with you that um, the integration of government and big tech business is dangerous, especially in the case of Apple. It is. Um, not only with our government, but with China's government and suppression of information there. So getting into that, there is an app, Luke. A shortcuts app where if you're getting pulled over in your car, you can say... Siri, I'm getting pulled over, and it will instantly start recording the police from your phone. Now, obviously, you could just do it Wait, yourself. Wait, is this is this an app, or is this just automatically in the like an, uh, the uh, the? Um, you the have iPhone. in the iOS in, in the operating system. Uh, it, Siri, it, I'm getting pulled over. No, you have to enable shortcuts. I actually had somebody uh, commenting. Siri, Siri. <laughs> The government road pirates are trying to extort me for more tax revenue for the state. The mafia that is the government is coming after me and putting a gun to my head, telling me to pay for their bull crap. And the, so it didn't work, Jason. <laughs> so once again, you actually have to enable the shortcuts app. I had somebody in the Facebook comment section saying, I just tried it. Fake news doesn't work. And immediately change. I'm getting pulled over to armed robbery. Let's just can we just call getting pulled over armed robbery from now on, please? Let's just call it what it is. You know what? I hate to harken back to live PD, but again, last night, you know, I stayed in, wrapped up in my little blankets. You watch too much police cop shows, Jason. I don't you're watch getting, a lot of TV at all. I don't even have cable. Being programmed by the police state that makes you more of a lover and appreciator of the state. Okay, so anyway. I watch this guy, he rolls through a, a yield sign or whatever, doesn't signal, he ends up getting pulled over. The guy who pulls him over is a military guy, and he recognizes right away the guy that he's pulled over is also a military guy. Now, he's completely cordial with the guy. I forget what state they were in. Could have been, you know, I don't even want to guess. I'm sure some other people watched it last night. Alabama. It, it seemed like it could have been Southern. I'm not 100% sure. So he's Probably casually talking to the guy, and the guy does not have his license on him. It's in Turkey, the country, because that's where he was stationed at. They're having a cordial conversation. All of a sudden, he asks him if there's any weapons in the car. He's like, yes, I have my AR-15 in the back. <laughs> and not in, not in the trunk, 
okay? Not in the truck, like literally sitting amongst garbage in the back seat with a muzzle on it. This thing looked like, it did not look like the, the rifle. It was a shortened thing. Listen, so the cop asked him to get out of the car, never put him in cuffs, stood there, talked to him. The other cop took the gun, took the clip out, um, the whole nine, and they made sure it was registered to him. Everything went down fine. Nobody got a ticket for anything. I think yeah, that's okay. He broke the law. Friend-to-friend friend corruption. Oh, I recognize <laughs> you. You were in the same uh, uh, cult as I was called the U.S. military. Oh, yeah, you get off. Pull me over. Oh, they're going to write me up a whole bunch. Obviously, I'm going to verbally express myself because we have a right to. And anyone else, yeah, uh, of course they highlight that one. Of course they show it's you that live. one on the programming. It's on live. The YouTube, on the television. <laughs> Bro, it's live. Listen, I'm not saying there aren't taped cop shows. I'm not saying that cops aren't made to look better than they are. Again, on this program, I, I'm the first one to show you when a cop tasers somebody and I they shouldn't it's have. I live like CNN is live. CNN is never live when they say they're live. What? They can't just be live. Someone gets shot on the live cop show. Like They warn you. Get shot. Yeah, no, it's on there, dude. I do the police ride along. It, those are they're unpredictable. They're yeah. crazy. They're wild. Yeah, I I, can't, I don't believe that they're live. Oh, they're live. <laughs> they're they're live in eight different departments across the country. And they got Does like someone want to do an investigation. There has to be like a hold on it. There has to be like a no, uh, like an a delay. Long no delay. There is not. Listen, I told you last week on that show. That somebody you let had me know when they're in Brooklyn. I'm gonna look for those cops. They're not. I'll tell you where you can show. go. Yonkers. They're they're out in Yonkers. So you want to take like okay, a let three... me know when they're out in Yonkers in the streets up there. Every on. Friday, Saturday, bro. Get out there. Live. Every Friday, Saturday night. I think they air it from like eight to midnight. Every I you know, I don't watch the whole thing. I you know, I every once in a while I throw it on. But look, again, I know that everybody loves Luke the Anarchist, the no government guy. No, no, people disagree with me. You got some comments in here. Luke wants Antifa to run the country. No, I don't want Antifa to run the country. Uh, I wouldn't even go that far. Like, I, I, And I realize that you don't like those groups either. I'm just saying that not everybody... And, you know, I need to see uh, Dylan's new uh, documentary, Black and Blue. I know that's out there. Uh, we should get him on for that. You know, I haven't, I've talked to him in about a year. Last time I saw him was in a bar. Um, but, you no, know, listen, it, it's, it's an epidemic. It's an epidemic. Police brutality is an epidemic. However, in my mind, it is not just based in race. And that's my big problem with Black Lives Matter. People like Eric Garner's family that were talking about police brutality across the board, that is important. There are, there are people that do abuse that power. We talked about, I think about a month ago, those New York City officers that were running a brothel in New York City. They were running a prostitution ring. They're police officers. They were selling cocaine out of the evidence locker. They're police officers. It's what terrible. What else is new? <laughs> no one's saying it's a rare phenomenon and it needs to be reined in. But I just do not believe um, that society can exist without structure. I'm sorry. Uh, people are asking me if I'm smoking weed or crack. Again, not smoking weed or crack, smoking CBDs. Uh, let's move on. And, uh, is that the last story? That's that the last is story. the last story. Oh, how do we set, I need to set this up. Um, you don't need to set this up because of your, uh, white privilege and your connections with the police department, but I need to set this up. This, uh, app thing, <laughs> the, the shortcuts, uh, um, app. 
Yeah, you just got to uh, get the Shortcuts app. That's it. So you get the, the app called Shortcuts, and then as soon as you do that, it's in your, uh, your app folder. You just turn it on, and I think it has that option. All right, I'm going to definitely do that uh, as soon as we get off. I think we have one more Super Chat. Want to take some phone calls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll put it up right now. Go ahead. Uh, what's, the, what's the phone number again? 607-542-9184. Yeah, and again, guys, I can't listen. I can't hear what you guys are saying, so try to keep your questions short. And if it's a question for me, Jason will reiterate it. Uh, as best as he can. Uh, we, got, we got one more super chat by Soul A. Uh, I'm going to blush reading this again. Luke, please thank your parents for me for making such a handsome and intelligent man. I bet a lot of people would disagree with you, especially in the comment section, but I appreciate you very much, Soul. Thank you so much for the endearing comment. Uh, appreciate it very much. Do you have a comment on that? Uh, yeah, I'm commenting by... Luke uh, is a dumber Jimmy Dore. <laughs> oh, uh, I love Jimmy Dore. All right, hold on. We got a call, so we're going to take it. Let's see what we got. All right, let's do this. You are on the air with Luke and Jason of We Are Change. Keep in mind, Luke cannot hear you, and I don't think you're going to be able to hear him. What's your name, and what would you like to chat about? Hey, it's uh, Chris Bradley uh, calling in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, I just uh, thought I would comment on your... You guys always go back and forth between uh, Luke, Luke's uh, less government, uh, your, uh, you need a little bit of government. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> My well, comment I mean, would be, what, what do you uh, think? we're kind of damned if we do, we're damned if we don't. It's like, if, if we have a little bit of government, it would seem that power will always aggregate to that and, and try to uh, basically, uh, you know, the evil flock to those positions of power. Mm -hmm. But on Luke's side, you know, being uh, being more free and, and letting everybody to uh, fend for themselves, it, it's almost like <laughs> you, you like like your side. You need a little bit of uh, of authoritarianism for for people that don't have the ability to protect themselves. You know, to have have something. So, uh, appreciate everything you guys do. I I just uh, uh, what do you guys think of that? No, I, all right. So so Luke can hear what you just said. You basically said, hey. I'm a less government guy too, but like you say, Jason, sometimes people are out of control and you need something. And you also talked about the fact that people gravitate towards positions of power that want to abuse that power. Um, and I would agree with that statement as well, but also people that fall into powerful positions, whether they be government or not, often abuse that power as well. There's a reason that we have that saying, Luke, that absolute power corrupts absolutely. And, and that's the thing, you know, I, no one is perfect. I'm sure if you gave me enough power, I would turn into fucking Prick Simpson in a second. I didn't mean to curse there, but like, you know what I mean? I'm not perfect. I need to keep myself in check. I know that. It's harder the more money, the more authority, the more influence you have. And Luke, I would say this. I think we've even seen it in people that we've known personally. Uh, you know, certain people that have gained more power have become more corrupt. And I don't necessarily believe that that is just an institution of government. I think that that's something that's embedded in people. Go ahead, Luke. And it's a human flaw. And even personally myself, I, like, had to many times make a very important decision, whether it's going to be money, power, and influence, or uh, none of that, or not as much as that. And uh, I've made a conscious decision many times not to just strive after those things or even want more of those things or not even work as hard to push for those things. 
uh, even if they would come inconsequently, uh, because uh, those things do have a major effect on you uh, that a lot of people can't handle, and they uh, misuse once they get into uh, their kind of their hands. So that's a great point that does need to be brought up, and that's why I always preach self-responsibility. That's why I always preach taking care of yourself and not having power structures, but having the power within yourself uh, to be responsible for yourself because people aren't responsible. And I think the institutions that we have around us make us less responsible because people believe in this blind faith, in this system, in this kind of algorithm, in this uh, unfolded, supposed, organized structure. But that structure doesn't exist. It's all imperfect human beings. And the best way for me to really exist is to understand that we're all imperfect and that we all need to move in a sovereign way, not violating each other's uh, freedom. And that's why I, I ultimately call for no government. And I think we'll get there uh, by, of course, slowly limiting it. And I think slowly limiting it is a step in the right direction. But to me, uh, I love entertaining. I, I love discussing this kind of concept of full responsibility, full sovereignty, no structures, institutions at all. I'm not sure if you heard that. Did you hear that response? Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, I did not so hear. I'm not hearing anything else thank except you, your voice, Thank Jason. you, too, for uh, all your amazing work over the years. And, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, incrementally work towards uh, uh, limiting government and, and holding people to uh, accountable, you know, in, the, in these positions. And hopefully over time we can wake enough people up and and then achieve that goal someday so i agree you with guys. you man uh, take care thank you so much and and that is the key um you know i know you didn't hear that luke he he did hear you by the way which is crazy to me that you know he can hear you but you can't hear him he said look i hope there comes a time when these people can also be accountable and that is the bottom line you know we have to have accountability for powerful people you know if, if we can't what's that impossible we, is it? So we're just going to give up to the Vatican? We're just going to let child molesters just hang out there? I mean, no, kind no. Of, we, oh, we, oh, we, we are. We got to go after as many of them as we can, oh. but we have to hold them accountable. They will never hold themselves accountable. Agreed. And we have to do that, and we have to fight for that, and it's a struggle, and we're doing a bad job at it, and I don't see us doing a better job at it, especially with how uh, much of an advantage they have with the censoring of the internet that we're seeing unfold right now because of that accountability that they had to deal with within just the last few years. Well, once again, Luke, uh, I just feel like, you know, obviously we do live in a system where people are protected at some level and that certain people don't seem to be able to be touched by the same laws that uh, engross you and I. And that is a huge flaw in this system. Uh, and that does need to be addressed. We got another call coming. You hear that, Luke? Yep. See, yeah, it's yep, so yep. crazy you can hear that part. All right, we're going to go to him. You are on live with We Are Change. What's your name? What would you like to talk about? And remember, Luke can't hear you, so I will have to surmise whatever you say for him as well. What's up? Gotcha. Hi, Jason. Been watching for a long time, both you and uh, Luke. But uh, my name's Jim. I'm uh, from uh, New York. And I just wanted, because you guys brought up the movie uh, You Were Never Really Here. Yes. Um. I want to know if you guys were familiar with the guy, uh, Robert David Steele. 
here's the deal with Robert David Steele. Yeah, I, I totally know who you're talking about. So, Luke, this guy just brought up, he's from New York. Um, he brought up, uh, you were never really here. I'm assuming he had seen it, otherwise he wouldn't have brought that up. Or I, I have, I have, you have not seen, seen the movie, but I do know of it. Okay, so he also, um, and, and I'm going to go right back to you in a minute, he also brought up Robert David Steele. Now, I'm going to say something about Robert David Steele. A lot of people are not going to remember, okay? But Robert David Steele, in either 2008 or 2009, was the source for InfoWars and all the others that CIA and NSA seed-funded Google. That was him. Now, Robert David Steele, since then, has come up with more and more outrageous stories. Back in that, you know... 2010, 2011 time, he was still just basically talking about government corruption, collusion with big corporations. Now he's talking about um, children being trafficked on Mars when uh, he was on InfoWars so that, I mean, media outlets across the country went with that story. I still hear jokes about that, that they were trafficking. Yeah, yeah it's a little bit out there, Jason. <laughs> yeah, not only is it a little bit out there, but it also harkens back to, um, what, man, this is something that actually was studied by the people of the minds of men, but they didn't put it in the uh, film. Al Bielik and uh, the Montauk Project, the Montauk Boys. Um, that was something that was actually going to be featured in uh, the minds of men. I watched uh, some of the interviews they did, and it was pretty weird and compelling stuff. But like people like Al Bialik say that they, you know, not only were they under mind control, but they were government uh, agents, and they've gone back in time and forward in time, and they've been to these Mars bases. And here's the thing, you know, I've listened to David Icke for, geez, I, I don't even know how long I've listened to David Icke now, almost 15 plus years. I say he had some more outrageous mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, Jordan Maxwell has been out there. He's never really somebody that talked about, you know, interdimensional stuff and Anunnaki as much. But the thing is that these are, um, how can I say this? Amazing stories. They, they captivate us. They make, and we already know that there's so much corruption and so much evil that you entertain these ideas. And all I can say is extraordinary claims, especially when we're talking about space travel and human trafficking, they, they need extraordinary evidence. And I'm going to go to Luke right now. Hopefully you'll be able to heal him, and we're going to come back to you in a moment. Luke, what's your take? Okay. Uh, wait, wait, hold on. There's like a scuffle happening outside uh, my place. Let me go check in on that really quickly, make sure everything's okay in my uh, living situation. Okay, yeah. Uh, but let's get through that first. Okay, so what do you think about what I just said there, my man? I mean, again, you know, you had a guy in Robert David Steele that was basically talking about government corruption for the most part, talking about seed funding Google to become the Leviathan that it is. And now, you know, it seems like he's moved from that into just making extraordinary claims. Go ahead. So are you talking to me? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I, I didn't hear what Luke said. So I don't, I'm not sure what, what his comments were, mm -hmm. but um, my view on Robert David Steele. Um, so I, I've kind of heard, the, the extraordinary claims about Mars and, and space about that. And, and yes, that's extraordinary and requires a lot of uh, evidence to, to really entertain those ideas. But uh, I think his most important contribution is uh, his, his views on open source engineering and open source technology and open source intelligence. Um, I think that type of uh, uh, th those type of ideas really need to be spread across the public so we really understand what open source really means and how humanity can really benefit 
from from that. And he he wrote a book called uh, the Open Source Everything Manifesto. Um, I have it here in front of me. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I just think his work in, ter- in terms of uh, spreading the ideas of open source intelligence is very important. He's also started, he's, he's, a, he's, on a, he's a commissioner on this uh, International Tribunal for Natural Justice uh-huh. in which a lot of testimonies are coming forward of people that have claimed to be part of, uh, you know, whether they were child trafficked or they were, they were abused. Um, and and they're, they're giving their testimonies and he's listening to them. And, and they're on the Internet. You can listen to them. Um, and I just think that the overall message um, – uh, of, of that corruption that's going on and, and, and the, the plan to help uh, redirect it with this open source initiative is very important for the public to try to uh, grasp. Well, let me just say this when we're talking about open source stuff, because, again, I'm extremely skeptical of a Robert David Steele. I would go with someone like Bill Binney that was an NSA. Yeah, well, he, he works with Bill Binney. He works with Bill Binney. So he is working with they, Bill They Binney. work together. Well, I got, yeah. I got to tell you, man, I'm going to look into it. I really do appreciate the call, and I am an open source guy. Uh, I am a free information guy. I, I like the fact that people can share information and then build upon it. Now, does that mean I think that Robert David Steele is going to, you know, be the bow that breaks, uh, you know, the child trafficking scandal? No, I unfortunately I don't. But if you follow my Twitter, you know, I'm a big proponent of an open secret. Why am I a big proponent of them? Well, their documentary film lays out that Brian Singer and his associates are, you know, child abusers. Period. Amen. That's what they are. And this guy is still directing stuff in Hollywood. They're very active on Twitter. In fact, they're the ones that revealed this. And, I, you know, I contacted him after this because I was shocked to learn it because obviously we'd seen a bunch of the conspiracy theories and fake news from, you know, Neon, Nettle, and those other ridiculous sites. I forget what they were, but you don't see them as much anymore. But they were making the claim that both Chester of um, Lincoln Park and uh, the lead singer of uh, Soundgarden and Audio Slave, Chris Cornell, uh, were murdered because they were going to go public about uh, large child trafficking rings. Now, I don't know that to be true, but about a month, month and a half ago, it was revealed that both Chris Cornell and Chester were funding a documentary film project on child trafficking and were also going to provide music. I, you know, To confirm this, after I saw Open Secret uh, publish it, I, I asked them if they would... Uh, if they would come on the show or if they would do an interview with me. Um, and I don't know whether I was speaking to Gabe Hoffman or another representative there. Uh, and they said that's really all they had to say on the matter. So I then uh, actually tried to find, I didn't try to find, I found the person that was the director of this project on Twitter and I messaged him to try to get any information I could from him as well and he never responded either. So, you know, I've got to dig a little bit deeper in there. Uh, But the bottom line is open source shared information is an empowering thing, Luke. And I think it's something that we have to encourage. Why why would we want to hide things from each other? Let's build upon each other's successes. Well, if you're a government, you want to hide things so you get rid of responsibility. And that's why we're seeing the quasi-censorship of these big tech monopolies that were empowered by government uh, to censor voices like ours and other independent media and also just other people going against the grain uh sorry for my uh, absence there was some screaming and like scuffles outside just wanted to make sure it wasn't anyone i knew or it wasn't connected to any of the roommates i have but uh everything looks under control uh but i think uh, we're almost at like two hours jason i think we did a lot i think uh let's definitely take more phone calls next week uh but uh, is there anything else you want to say uh to the audience out there 
Um, you no, know, you know, I'm, I'm, thank you so much for week in and week out supporting us. Uh, remember we are only supported by you guys. So please check out our Teespring store, grab a t-shirt, become a patron, become a, a member on this YouTube channel, share this stuff on social media. But most importantly, you know, I always say, be the change you want to see in the world. Take this information, sit down and have a conversation with somebody that you love. A genuine one. Should we take this call or no? Sure. We'll take it. <laughs> All right. Last caller of the evening. You are on live with Luke and Jason. Remember, Luke can't hear you. What's your name and what would you like to discuss? Hey, Jason, Luke. My name is Ben. How you doing, Ben? And uh, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for what you guys do, first off. Well, thank I'm, you very much. I'm a loyal, I'm a loyal listener. Awesome, brother. So what would you like to talk about? What do you think the big topics today were? God, there's so much. I think one of the biggest topics is the way that the Internet is starting to get shut down. Mm -hmm. So, And I'm wondering, you guys, have, you guys have been doing YouTube live stream. I was wondering if there's an alternate way to get the word out before you guys get shut off. Well, I do appreciate that. So he's asking Luke, um, and thank you for the call. We just let you go there. He was asking Luke if there's an alternate way to get uh, information. Now, obviously, uh, you know, we've been doing the once a week email, um, sometimes twice a week. We're email, trying to get that. Well, Proton Mail uh, is definitely recommended. Yeah. But also, even on our emails, people are telling me that they're not even getting the emails, that they're going to spam, that people aren't even seeing them. So that's also another thing that we never thought of, but. Uh, for right now, the emails are kind of the best direct way to reach you um, under our current circumstances with us being throttled and screwed over by the algorithms and demonetization on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, which we're getting screwed over. Uh, so I guess the email would be the best one. And if you go to wearechange.org, on the right-hand top corner, you can sign up to the email list. And uh, we send out an email once a week. We're going to try to do twice a week. But for right now, it's only uh, once a week with... Uh, all the important updates that you need to know about. And Sorry, we're, and we're also, no, absolutely. And we're also making sure that all of the uh, videos that we do in a, work, a week do get uh, posted to the wearechange.org page. Uh, I'm seeing in the comments people are talking about BitTube, and that's a possible live streaming platform. I'm not sure if they allow live streaming, but we are also uh, uploading to BitTube, are we not? I know we upload to BitChute, and uh, what's we're, the other uh, We're uploading to bit.tube, we're uploading to BitChute and DTube. Yep. Uh, which is connected to, of course, the Steemit platform. And, you know, it's something we didn't cover that we should have covered, and I know it's at the tail end, but, yes, with the censorship of the Internet, we have them not only deplatforming people, but, yes, BitChute's PayPal account um, was taken away from them. And, again, with there are no alternatives, okay? I'm sorry, you know, PayPal is the biggest venue out there, and they should be apolitical. And it is very scary because, uh, you know, the next step is you can't use a credit card or you can't bank with us anymore. So now, you know... Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a great meme going around with Gaddafi after getting attacked and stabbed <laughs> by the rebels saying they said build your own bank uh, in relation to, of course, you know, all the news of people saying, well, just build your own other platform. Well, uh, yeah, that, that Gaddafi meme pretty much spells it out for you. Yeah, and, and then we're not trying to um, say that people shouldn't start building towards alternative platforms. We're just saying that the platforms... Well, they that should. Well, yeah, though they absolutely should. We're just saying that the platforms that are already out there uh, should not have the ability to censor speech just because they want to. Again, 
if you look at banks, it seems to me that Chase Bank loves working with criminals. You know, you look at the BCCI banking scandal uh, back in the 80s, and they love to launder money for drug dealers, okay? Banks have no problem with criminals as long as they're banking with them, and it's on a high level. Banks only have problems when the media starts chiming against somebody. Because that's the next that's the next step, man. They're going to start closing bank accounts. They're not going to let you process a Visa or an American Express card. And honestly, by deplatforming um, BitTube with PayPal, by not letting them use that platform, that's essentially what they've done. Because that is the new universal banking system, is PayPal, Luke. Yep, and uh, it's only a matter of time. So thank you for sharing the time with us that we're still here and uh, your support, your super chats uh, mean the world to us. Your donations, your memberships mean the world to us. Uh, can't thank you guys enough. Anything else you want to say, Jason? Nope. It's a good time to close because your camera has frozen up. Remember, folks, be the change you want to see in the world. And we'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Every Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Love you guys. Stay tuned for more.